am Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Talk Healthy Today. And I have someone on the show who is very special. He has been on all of my shows many times. He is also featured in my book, Clean Eating Dirty Sex. Not about dirty sex. It's a memoir, cookbook, and healthy lifestyle guide. And Drew shares his story. And I was so excited when I got his fantastic book, Complete Keto, A Guide to Transforming Your Body and Your Mind for Life. It includes a 30-day program. Drew Manning is back. Hey, Drew. Lisa, how are you? It's always good to be on. I'm good. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Well, you know, one of the things I love most about your book is when you focus on how it's changed the way you see yourself. And you share about how you felt like you always had to be perfect and you had this illusion on the outside, as long as you look good, as long as you look good, and how doing keto helped you change that. So take us back a little bit to a younger Drew, talk <laughs> about these challenges, and then let's jump right into uh, this amazing book. I, I'm just so moved, as always, when I read your work, Drew. Well, thank you so much. So I've always been into health and fitness ever since I was a kid. I played sports growing up, football and wrestling. Um, and then became a personal trainer in 2009, and that's when I became more serious about my nutrition. And um, here's the thing, when I did fit to, fat to, fit to Fat to Fit, which is the journey most people know me by, where I intentionally gained 75 pounds and then lost it, I actually was not keto back then. I know a lot of people think I'm this keto guy, but I didn't know about keto. It wasn't mainstream until I would say about five years ago or so, it started to become really, really popular. And that's where I, when I first learned about it from the Tim Ferriss podcast, um, talking to this doctor on there, Dr. Dominic D'Agostino, that's where I, I kind of thought about doing my own self-experiment because here I am, an experimenter, right? I experiment on my body and I said, hey, why not try out the keto diet and see what, what it's all about? So I decided to do it for 60 days and it was amazing. So the, the thing that I loved about it for me wasn't so much that my body composition changed. Yes, you can lose weight, you can lose fat on keto, but you can do that on any diet. I was already lean to begin with. So for me, the thing that sold me on keto was how uh, mentally clear my brain was. I've never experienced the mental clarity I've experienced when I'm in a ketogenic state, and um, it felt amazing. And then the second thing was I went from eating you know, seven small meals a day where I was the person that would bring Tupperware containers and, you know, carried around with me and have my alarm set for every three hours. Um, I wasn't hungry. I would eat once or twice a day. Uh, my brain felt sharper. My digestion was better because I wasn't eating constantly throughout the day. And um, I wasn't a slave to food anymore. I didn't become hangry and I didn't need seven meals a day. And uh, I felt amazing with just one or two meals. And that's where this whole, you know, um, this is where my keto journey started really was me becoming, um, you know, my own testimonial of the diet. And then from there, I just, I, I dove into the science and the research, started talking to doctors and, uh, and then had the opportunity to go on the Dr. Oz show talking about the keto diet. And, um, and then, you know, from there, started um, putting out some programs and eventually wrote this book, Complete Keto. Well, it's awesome. I love in the book how you talk about the power of vulnerability and owning your story. You mentioned B'nai Brown and talk to us a little bit about that and how keto encouraged that. Yeah. So uh, during this time, just to be totally honest and open with everyone, I was going through a divorce, which is a very hard thing for, for so many people. And um, for me, the the you know I was starting things like meditation for the first time. I was working with a life coach and a therapist, 
um, you know, these things that I was so closed off to before because I was like, oh, that stuff's weird. I'm a man. I don't need that. But once I, um, you know, started doing keto and, and, and my cognitive function was better, my brain function was better, and the mental clarity was, was through the roof, I started being open to new things. And, um, you know, I started reading books by Brene Brown and opening up about vulnerability. And it was amazing. I was so scared to talk about my story on social media because I was afraid of what other people would think of me and the judgment. But once I learned to embrace vulnerability as a strength and uh, own my story, it was amazing. Um, the support I got, the, the positivity that came out on social media, even though in my head I was thinking it was all going to be negative. And, um, you know, keto was kind of a part of that journey because uh, I feel like the, the improvement in mental clarity and focus and energy really helped me to be open to new ideas and new things where, you know, I kind of hit rock bottom at that point in time. And uh, yeah, keto was the diet I was doing at the time, which helped me think differently. Does that make sense? Oh, completely. And it makes such a difference. You know, I'm very open in my book and the memoir portion. I've talked about my struggles and it does it, it. It makes you real. It makes you relatable. It lets people know that just because we're in the fitness world or health world, it doesn't mean that everything's just come easy. Because I think sometimes people, they'll look at you, right? Because I mean, my God, you look amazing. And they'll be like, oh, well, of course, it's always been easy for him. Look at him. They don't understand that there's stuff going on inside that's really challenging. And so I love that you're so open about that. In the book, I love how you write under what is a ketogenic diet. Most people think keto is just watered down paleo or bacon cheeseburgers without the bun. Fair enough. The ketogenic keto diet is high fat, moderate protein, and low carb diet. But it's also a comprehensive holistic holistic approach to optimal functioning and health. Expand on that for us, Drew. Yeah, so I think people's perception of keto is kind of a repurposed package of Atkins, right? Which was just meat and cheese. <laughs> and so people jump in eating butter and bacon and cheese and be like, oh, this is awesome. I can eat these foods every day. When in reality, you know, I think there's a right way and wrong way to do every diet. I don't care if you're vegan or vegetarian or paleo or keto. There's a right way and wrong way. And we all know that. And with keto, you know, there's this whole new category called lazy or dirty keto and you might have heard of it and it's where people are eating these lower quality meats and uh, processed cheeses and um, you know tons of these keto treats that are now available which are amazing by the way but we do this lazy form of keto and so really it's not it doesn't need to be that way I think if people do keto the right way and experience the benefits of a ketogenic state by eating whole foods which is my approach in the book and my, my recipes in my book are also dairy-free and nut-free because those are the two problems that people have with keto is the overconsumption of dairy and nuts. And nuts aren't bad. I'm not saying nuts are bad, but they're very easy to overconsume, especially when you roast them in some type of um, you know hydrogenated oil and you put some salt on it and then you can't stop eating them. That's where the problems occur and inflammation rises. And so that's why you know the, this this complete keto approach to keto is a cleaner uh, whole food approach where you'll really feel the benefits. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Well, I'm sensitive to dairy and nuts. And so for me, I just have to stay away. And once in a while, I don't stay. The dairy isn't an issue for me, but boy, those nuts. Yeah, <laughs> be so really, really challenging. Before we jump into the wonderful foods and the recipes, let's talk about what you mentioned the keto state. Tell us what that means. Yeah, ketogenic state is where your body. So here's the interesting thing. Our bodies. Every single human has this backup system to be able to run, um, you know, survive if we don't have any food left, right? And it's called 
ketogenesis. So our, our ancestors, when they would run out of food, well, guess what? They don't die the next day uh, you know, because they ran out of food. And that's what would happen if we only ran off of glucose. We have this amazing ability to run off of ketones, which is our backup system, when we burn through our glucose, which is a very fast-burning energy. So if every human stopped eating today, by tomorrow or the next day, over the next few days, we would run out of that glucose and we would transition into a state of, of ketogenesis where we are running off of ketones, which is an alternative fuel source that our bodies make by burning stored body fat. So we take the fatty acids in the body and in the liver, convert them into these things called ketones, and ketones replace glucose as the primary fuel source for our brain, muscles, organs, so we can actually survive a long period of time running off of ketones. And so that's what the ketogenic state is in a nutshell, is our body's backup system where we are burning fat as energy instead of sugar as energy. So when you're eating this way with the keto diet, you're putting your body in a, is it a chronic state of ketosis or talk to us about that? Like, how does that work? Uh, I wouldn't say a chronic state of ketosis. It's just a, a ketogenic state where our primary fuel source has been switched. Just like cars can run off of diesel or, uh, or um, you know, normal gasoline, we, we, we have the ability to switch over to both fuel sources in our body. Now, here's the thing. There's two ways to get into ketosis. One is to fast. One is to stop eating. and that you know every religion had you know fast for a period of time right and there's a reason for that and um you know we get into a ketogenic state when we fast but starving yourself isn't always fun so <laughs> by eating a, a high fat which is about 70 percent of your calories from fat uh, about 25 percent from protein and five percent or less from carbs what happens is our body is forced to produce ketones as our primary fuel source and so that's what being in a ketogenic state means is your body is burning that stored body fat as fuel instead of burning the sugar that you would get from, you know, carbohydrates as, as your main source of energy. Now, let's talk about some of the myths. You have some great myths in the book. Myth number one, all that fat will clog your arteries, raise your blood pressure and give you a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. We've been so indoctrinated with this Um you know, with these thoughts that fat is bad, eating fat will make you fat. And logically, it sounds, it makes sense. And so we adopted this food pyramid. We all know the story of how we switched over to these low fat foods for decades. And look where it's gotten us, right? We've, we've been so ingrained with this mentality that fats are bad, low fat is the way to go. And guess what happened to our obesity epidemic? It skyrocketed, right? And the profits for these food companies went through the roof. Um, and so, you know, even doctors were on board with this, to be honest with you. And so, you know, they, a lot of them still think that, you know, eating saturated fat will clog your arteries, you'll get a heart attack. And that's the thing is with the newer science that's out there, the newer research, if you really look at it, it shows that saturated fat or fat in general by itself without the presence of carbohydrates. So that's like taking the, the burger without the bun, without the fries, without the milkshake by itself, you know, it's actually really healthy for us. But the problem is that it's been demonized is with the older studies is that the high fat diets that people were eating in these studies, you, they didn't account for the carbohydrates that they were taking in too. So there were carbs, you know, in these studies that, that were a high carb diet with high fat. And that's where some of the issues have, have stemmed from. So there's a lot of myths out there. And trust me, I still deal with it today, especially people like my parents age, like, oh, I don't know if I can eat that. It's really fattening like eggs and butter because that generation and our generation has been so ingrained with that mentality that fats are going to kill us. And you hear it so many different places from people you think, oh my goodness, they should know better. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's true. But I think it's slowly changing. It's slowly changing. People are, you know, even doctors, if doctors, you know, can get on board with this and their patients will get on board and marketing of the food companies, if we can get them to change, um, it's slowly changing. So that's good. That's that good is sign. true. That is good. Myth number two, your body needs glucose to function. Yep. So this is another thing. A lot of people have been taught that we need glucose in order to function. And here's the thing, your body does need glucose, but it does not need to come from a dietary source. Our body has this amazing ability to produce its own glucose that it needs because your brain and liver are the two major organs that need glucose to survive. But it's only about 150 grams of glucose per day. And through a process called gluconeogenesis, our body can create its own glucose. Even if you aren't eating any food, zero, zero carbs, your body will still be able to produce the amount of glucose that it, it needs. And so there's essential fatty acids, there's essential amino acids, which come from protein, but there's no such thing as an essential carbohydrate. And so our bodies can survive without carbohydrates if we needed to. I'm not saying you, you know, you, that's the way it should be. I'm just saying we have this ability. We think carbs, you know, are this, um, you know, we, we think we have to have it every single day <laughs> when in reality you don't need to, to survive. You really don't. But, um, you know, that's the thing is, you know, we've been so ingrained that, you know, our brain needs glucose. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to function. But trust me, when you're keto adapted, meaning you've done keto for two, three, four weeks and, and more, your brain feels so much sharper. And that's what I love about the keto diet. I think people come for the weight loss, but they stay because of how amazing their brain feels. Oh, I love that. Come for the weight loss. How your brain feels. What's that from? What is that? What's that? Mm, <laughs> I can't remember. I don't know. I just made that up, so I don't know. <laughs> what was the commercial? Come for the oh. stay for the blah blah blah. But that was good. No, I like that. That should be a bumper sticker. All right, yeah. let's jump into the keto macros. So we've got seventy-five percent fats, five percent carbohydrates, twenty percent protein. So let's let's talk a bit, little bit about these macros. Yeah, so these macronutrients, just so everyone knows, macros are what all food is made up of, which is proteins, fats, and carbs. Those are the three macronutrients that almost all food is made up of. And so um, when on the ketogenic diet, to get into a state of ketosis, you need to be eating majority of your calories from fat because your body can't convert fat into glucose, but it can convert protein into glucose. So that's the thing is, you know, the, the, the macros that I have in the book it doesn't need to be exactly that, but it needs to be somewhere around there. And it's different for each person, just so you guys know. It's not a magic formula for every single person. It's very individual. But around 70%, 75% of your calories from fat, 20 to 25% from protein, and 5% or less from carbohydrates, which should be hopefully around 30 grams uh, total carbohydrates or less um, in the beginning. And that's what it takes to get your body into a state of ketosis. You could always fast. You could always just stop eating. Uh, to get into ketosis faster, but this is a way to do it without feeling starving. Um, but those are the macronutrient ratios that work for most people, I would say, and to get into ketosis within the first, you know, three to five days. Talk to us a little bit about the keto flu, because I know that that's something mm -hmm. you talked about being able to prevent drinking more water, very, right? Yeah, very important topic for anyone that's listening that wants to do keto. And this is why it's so important to, you know, read my book, for example, or do research before just jumping in and eating butter, bacon, and cheese because people will most likely experience the keto flu because what happens is when you switch over to keto to a high-fat diet, your body excretes a lot of water. Um, so people will lose some water weight in the beginning, which they like, but with the loss of water, you're also losing out on minerals and electrolytes that your body needs 
to stay hydrated. So sodium, potassium, and magnesium need to be brought back in and supplemented with so that your electrolytes are balanced and you don't experience the keto flu. So what happens when people experience the keto flu is symptoms like brain fog, lack of energy, uh, cramping sometimes, uh, dizziness, lightheadedness. Um, and that's, and they, they feel awful and they think, man, this keto diet isn't for me. I better stop. When in reality, if they just took in salt, about five to seven grams of salt per day, which is about two, two teaspoons, and they may, and they, uh, may be supplemented with a good magnesium supplement, they would feel optimal. And so it's so essential. If you don't want to experience the keto flu, go check out my book or research the keto diet and understand how to do it right. So that when you do jump in, you're not experiencing the keto flu. And if you if you take in the sodium, potassium, magnesium, and lots of water, 99% of those keto flu symptoms will be gone. But it is a transitionary state. I will say this. The first week is a transitionary state where you have been running your whole life off of glucose, 30, 40, 50 years, however old you are. And now you're trying to tell your body, okay, no more glucose. Now you got to learn how to use ketones. You do need to be patient with your body. It's, it's not something that happens instantly. It's not something your body's adapted to because it's been running off of glucose for so long. And um, so there is a transitionary state. So be patient with yourself. Take in those uh, electrolytes that your body needs, lots of water, and uh, that should get rid of most of your keto flu symptoms. Would you say that people, if they have vacation time or they have a little less work or, or there's something, is there a time that maybe they should start it? So in case they feel lousy for the first week or just kind of just get through it, however? Well, it, you know, it depends on the person and the stress levels of, of the, you know, the individual. But I would say, you know, for the most part, you're not going to be like, you know, uh, laying on the floor with no energy. You'll still be able to function. I promise. It's not this, you know, this state where you can't even move, but, um, you know, people do it all the time, you know, any time of the year during the week. Um, and, and that's the thing is if you can get through the first few days or the week, um, and you're on top of your electrolytes and, and water, you'll feel that optimal state of mind of being in ketosis. Oh, that's awesome. Well, people should get the book Complete Keto because I love how it's laid out. You have this wonderful page, animal proteins, seafood, fats and oils. People need to know what um, you know what to eat on the diet. That's the things we've been so ingrained with this low fat mentality that when we, you know, now have to eat high fats, like, well, what do I eat now? I have no idea what to eat, what high fat looks like. And so that's what the book kind of walks you through is okay, these are the foods you're gonna start incorporating into your diet, these these healthy uh, fats that we've been neglecting for so long, you're going to start adding back in. So that's why I, I made that list for people. So I also like that you give uh, a meal sample. You say meal one around 7 a.m. Drew's keto coffee. I'll have you tell us about that in a second. Okay. Meal two around noon, chicken cob salad, no croutons, no cheese with avocado and olive oil mixed with vinegar and mustard for dressing. Meal three around 6 p.m. Six ounce ribeye steak top with ghee and broccoli sauteed in olive oil on the side. That sounds really good. So what's in your keto coffee, Drew? Yeah. So this is a very popular uh, thing among the keto industry, but it's becoming popular in general is by adding in healthy fats first thing in the morning to your morning coffee. So obviously uh, Dave Asprey from Bulletproof has popularized this with uh, butter in your coffee. And at first, you know, people think that's weird, but it actually tastes really good. But what I'm trying to get is getting people to add in some healthy fats first thing in the morning because what it does is it gives your brain a boost and, along with the caffeine. So it's not this huge spike. It kind of slows down that caffeine response. So it's not this huge spike and then a crash. It's more of a sustained energy release when you add in those healthy fats. And it's it's kind of satiating first thing in the morning. Plus, you're not 
spiking your insulin. So instead of eating cereal, bagel, a donut, first thing in the morning, which spikes your insulin, these fats, you know, you won't get an insulin response like if you were eating something sugary. So what that does is, you know, no insulin response first thing in the morning. You give this boost of energy, you feel satiated, and that should carry over into lunchtime because when you start eating high-fat foods and, high, and, and, and adding in protein, you're going to feel satiated for a long period of time. Like I talked about for me, that you know, when I switched over, two meals a day kept me full all day long. I didn't experience that hanger feeling that we've all experienced before. And so adding in these fats, you're going to feel satiated so you can go longer in between meals. And so um, that should carry you over into lunchtime. And as you notice, there's a lot of vegetables, nutrient-dense, low-carbohydrate vegetables that will give your body the phytonutrients, the vitamins, the minerals that it needs, and the fiber as well. Um, and so the keto doesn't need to look like you know bacon and burgers and cheese all day long. You know, you're, you're adding in healthy fats. You're adding in some nutrient-dense vegetables as well. And that's kind of the layout of the day is lunch and dinner, no snacking in between. Um, and, and yeah, that, that works for most people. I like that you have for vegans as well, because I think the first thought would be, oh, I'm, if I'm vegan, I can't do this. And you've got protein sources, tofu, tempeh, TVP, low-carb protein powder. And then you've got for baking, almond flour, coconut flour, flaxseed meal, psyllium husk. Uh, and you also have fats and oils, a coconut oil, MCT oil, almond butter. Have you worked with vegans and have they done pretty well on this and enjoy it? Yeah, so obviously for the the vegans and the vegetarians, I have a lot of people that that you know try it, but they're still in the minority compared to most. Yeah, compared to most people. Uh, but I wanted to provide a section for them. I want to provide a section for them so that they could see what a week of keto looks like for them. And so vegans, first of all, they have to be creative, anyways, to get in the protein that their body needs. Um, so they're probably used to that. And I will say it's probably more difficult for a vegan because you you know getting in high quality protein but also low carbohydrate is kind of hard to do without beans legumes and grains right um so they have to get creative but that's why i i provided a list and a, a, a sample meal plan for them with some recipes and yeah they they feel great on it and same thing with vegetarians you know they don't think they can do keto because they think keto is all meat but if you look into it it doesn't have to be and so i didn't want to exclude anyone from the book I want to provide a plan, an option for everyone out there. And that's why I included this for vegans and vegetarians. Well, you know, it was interesting earlier when you were talking about the dirty um, keto. I think about like the dirty vegans in terms of just eating all the highly processed vegan products, right? And just yeah. going to real food. So I would think this plan would be great for a vegan because there's so much junk that you end up eating. Yeah, I exactly. People I know. <laughs> yeah, and like for it, it, any diet that becomes popularized, there's going to be this this uh, this slew of people coming out with products that fit into that category, but the people still want to overconsume. So there are vegan cookies and vegan cupcakes and keto cookies and keto cupcakes, and guess what? They're still a cookie. They're still a cupcake. It's the behavior behind it that we're trying to help fix, which is why my book goes into the mental and emotional side of emotional eating and how to overcome that um, to help with the behavior. And you could, you know, technically stay in ketosis by eating keto cookies all day long, but you probably won't feel optimal. You might see some weight gain and, and then you're like, oh, keto didn't work for me. Well, you still have to count calories. You can't just eat unlimited amounts of keto treats out there. And that goes for any diet. Like, like you said, it's more so the emotional component that we're trying to help people with. And if you notice in the book, yes, there's the meal plans. 
Yes, there's the recipes. Yes, there's the workouts. But more importantly, I want to provide a guide for people to help them with their mental and emotional challenges because that's what people struggle with. They, it's not a lack of knowledge, right? It's, it's um, not knowing how to overcome those mental and emotional challenges because some of that stuff stems from childhood. And we still haven't dealt with it. And it, it's manifesting itself in a physical form by holding on to weight. And so in, until we um, face those things that we've, you know, kind of suppressed for so long, it's unfortunately, it's, it's going to stick around. Even if you are, you know, counting calories and exercising every single day, um, it's, it's more of a mental and emotional journey for people. And so that's why I created the book Complete Keto is, yes, to give them a ketogenic approach to physical transformation, but also tools to help them on the mental, emotional, and spiritual transformation, which is more important in my opinion. Oh, I completely agree. You have hacks for overcoming emotional challenges long-term. The first one is trust the process and yourself. You've got try intuitive eating, stay mindful. Don't be a jerk. Talk to us about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so here's what happens sometimes with the keto diet is, um, you know, people, you know, they, they start doing it, they love it. And then they become almost it becomes almost a religion for them, and it happens for any diet. Like, oh my gosh, I, I'm losing weight on keto. I feel amazing. You should do it too. And then they start to look at food as you know bad and good or sinful or or good. And so what happens is that this is mentality where they get into of like, hey, my way is higher than your way, and therefore you are less than me. And so if you eat carbohydrates. You're, you know, I can't hang out with you or I can't be with you because you're on, you know, you're part of this other religion that eats carbs. And so I tell people not to turn their way of eating into this dogma, this religion where they are a jerk to other people and they, they look down on other people that, that don't follow the way they do. And so I, I really try and <clears throat> help people not go down that path by, you know, making them more aware of it before they jump into it. But yeah, that's that's the thing with I think any day is once someone feels good on it, they feel amazing, they want to tell their friends and convert them. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, it it does and and I used to live in Santa Cruz, California. I mean, there was proselytizers all over the place and none of them were about religion. It was all about yoga or vegan or paleo, whatever it was, you know. So you 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 want to encourage your friends. And trust me, I mean, I struggle with this. I remember I had a boyfriend once and I was in grad school for getting my master's in public health. And I went to his house and I was just appalled at the food in his house. And I just kind of went off instead of saying, well, what? You know, what's going on with you emotionally? And I'm like, why do you have cocoa pebbles in your house, you dummy? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we I've all learned go through a lot. that phase. Yeah, we've all gone through that phase. But I made your chicken club wrap. That was so good. Chicken breast, paleo mayo, garlic powder, lettuce, uh, turmeric lettuce leaves, bacon, paleo ranch, and you have uh, recipes for these things, um, and avocado. You also have something funny in your book. Uh, what if I don't like avocado? And you write, um, learn to eat it or learn to like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who doesn't like avocado or guac? It's so know, good. It's so amazing. <laughs> but there are people that don't like it. And that's the thing is my the 30-day guide called CK30 in the book is meant to be a guide. It doesn't have to be followed to a T exactly, just because each individual is different. So, you know, if you follow it to a T, some of you might see amazing results and some of you it might not be enough food. Some of you it might be too much food. So what I tell people is to look it over, you know, see it as a guideline and feel free to mix and match the meals. That's the good thing about keto is you're not doing a ton of meal prep. You're only doing two meals a day for the most part. And um, you can mix and match the, the meals. Uh, the lunch and dinner can pretty much be the same thing. 
you can eat the same thing for multiple days if you really enjoy the recipe, like that recipe that you mentioned. There's a ton of recipes in there that are so good. And the thing is, you know, all the recipes in there aren't these extensive, complicated recipes with these weird ingredients you have to go find at these special stores. It's all pretty simple stuff that anyone can make, and it tastes delicious. And that's the thing. On the keto diet, you guys, the food tastes amazing. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet because you're able to eat these high-fat foods uh, and you're adding in salt as well, and you're adding in things like butter or ghee or coconut oil, and you're sauteing your veggies, so the flavors are really uh, powerful, and it just tastes amazing because you know you're adding in fat finally, and um, so people love the food. But all the recipes are dairy free and nut free as well, and so I think people really love the food, the way it tastes, and the way they feel by eating these these types of, of foods for the first thirty days, and then from there I provided a roadmap for people, what to do after the 30 days. Okay, I've been keto for 30 days, I really like it. Do I continue on, do I stop? How do I add in carbohydrates? Do I just go back to eating pizza and french fries? Uh, I give people three different options of what they can do post CK30. So after they do the 30 day program in the book, what do what can they do, what do they do? And um, I want to give people a roadmap as well to, to you know pick and choose their path after the 30 days. So what do, what do you recommend for people? I mean, in terms of if you had your ideal, because you offer different paths, but I would assume to just keep going with it. Yeah, you, you people could repeat the 30-day program if they really love it and they want to stay keto. Most people that I've seen that have a really good experience on keto want to stay keto. They're like, I just feel amazing. And then maybe one weekend they had a high-carb weekend and they feel awful. They did, you know, nachos and pizza and, you know, these unhealthy carbs, but they feel so sick and so awful. They're like, man, that, that felt awful. I don't want to do that. I want to go back to keto. And it's totally fine to stay in a ketogenic state. I know doctors that have been doing it for decades um, and they're totally fine. They're totally healthy. Um, so it's not something that is unhealthy to be in a ketogenic state long-term, but I think most people want to you know incorporate carbohydrates and carbohydrates are totally healthy they can be healthy it's um depending on the quality of the carbs that we're eating and so i provide a roadmap for people one is uh, they could look into more of a cyclical ketogenic diet where let's say they do the keto diet for 30 days and then from there they want to have carbs maybe on the weekend maybe they want to you know add in some fruit or some potatoes or rice and I'm totally fine with that. So maybe um, they can do six days on of keto and one day off where it's more of a high carb day. And that's totally fine. Or a targeted ketogenic diet approach where this is more for people that want performance, that want uh, you know better workouts. They can fuel themselves with carbohydrates pre-workout, which will give them an extra boost of energy because they'll have the glucose to burn through first. And then now that they're keto adapted, their bodies can then transition over to ketones as their fuel source during their intense workouts. And so they're really teaching their body how to run off of both fuels, glucose and ketones, which makes them more metabolically flexible. And that's the, that's the key. That's the, that's the goal isn't to become the best at keto and only keto. I think it's good to be metabolically flexible where we teach our bodies to be efficient at running off glucose and efficient at running off ketones. I think that's that's the the end goal for most humans out there is to become metabolically flexible, and that's why I provided these three pathways of how to incorporate keto into your lifestyle, so that it's not just something that you you know just do forever and you don't touch carbs again, but how to 
incorporate carbs in a healthy way. See, that is just brilliant. You know, I want to mention a couple of the recipes before I let you go. The taco salad and chipotle dressing is so good because one of the things I think people miss is they're like, oh, but I can't have pizza or, you know, um, Mexican food or this and that. But you take those flavors, right? And then you get to put them in a keto recipe. And so you get that satiating feel from the fat, but then you also get that flavor that you think you're going to miss, but you're not going to miss it because there it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and don't get me wrong that without the carbs, it can be hard because you're missing these donuts or, or whatever. But just, just understand that it's about teaching your body how to become adapted to its natural backup fuel source of ketones. And we've never really done that in this first world country where we have access to food every single day whenever we want food on demand our generation has never experienced what it's like to go without food and you know a few hundred years ago we didn't have grocery stores we didn't have uber eats so it, you know this is just your a way to get your body adapted to its natural metabolic state that has been sitting there dormant for so long and it's a way to tap into teaching your body how to burn fat as fuel and so it doesn't need to be this this you know this black and white approach this hardcore approach of never touching carbs and thinking carbs are bad but having a better relationship with both fats and carbs and how to incorporate them to become the most optimal version of you. Yeah, I like that. You know, it's, it's funny. I didn't eat brown rice for about 10 years. <laughs> and recently, I'm not saying I eat it a lot, but I just would eat just a tiny bit. And I just, I like it. Just a little, right? Yeah. Like just watching yeah. or a little bit of quinoa. I've been on this <laughs> quinoa thing, but I put so many vegetables in it that... There's so little quinoa, but it's still just there a little bit. And I notice I feel really yeah. good. So, I, But I also eat a lot of fat, healthy fat. So I'm kind yeah. of on this sort of mix of keto, paleo, regular, but just staying away from all the highly processed stuff. But I am trying to go more towards keto. Um, I do love the chicken artichoke zoodle pan. I am all about the zoodles. Mm, I love the zoodles. <laughs> Those are so I know. Good, right? The recipes are really good. Yeah, there's a lot of creative recipes in there, and the food tastes amazing. You're going to feel amazing. But more importantly, you know, the physical transformation is just a part of the journey. It's not the end-all, be-all, you guys. I just want to make sure everyone realizes that, that there's more to you than your physical body. It's not just about, you know, looking skinny and having a six-pack. There's more to you that you have to offer this world than just your body. And so I just I really want to drive that home to people is – there's more to transformation than just a physical transformation. And, and you know, the physical transformation is an ongoing journey. It never ends. It's not like, hey, I did keto and now I'm done. You know, just like you, we're evolving, we're adapting, we're maybe adding in brown rice every now and then and a little bit of quinoa, but then we'll cycle back to a ketogenic state and then maybe we'll add in some healthy carbs. And it's just really experimenting and testing what works for your body. You know, what works for you today might not work for you six months from now or a year from now. And you so you have to be open to new things. I've adjusted the way I do keto now versus when I first started keto. And I feel amazing. Tell us about that adjustment. Yeah. So in the beginning, I was just really strict, really hardcore with the amount of fats that I was eating. And for, I would say, about a year or two, I felt really great. Um, but I started to notice that um, – my hormones felt a little bit off. Um, you know, I got my uh, my hormones tested after about a year or two of being strict keto, where I was just mostly high fat, lots of butter, lots of coconut oil, and now I've totally mixed it up. Where um, you know, and this is one thing I talk about in the book is testing your blood ketone levels to know what your threshold is. So I was staying so low carb for so long, but here I was an athlete, you know, uh, trying to build muscle, doing things like CrossFit, and for me, 
once I started testing my blood ketone levels, I could find that I could get away with eating about 55 to 60 grams of carbohydrates per day versus where I was staying at was like 10 to 20. And, um, and then also my protein threshold. I it was eating kind of more of a lower protein diet versus what most people would think you would need to build muscle mass. And it worked fine for a while, but after a while, you know, I, I just felt sluggish in the gym and I didn't have that drive that I used to. And so by upping my protein and my carbohydrates, you know, I found what my threshold was and I started to feel amazing again. And I definitely could tell my hormones, uh, you know, were balanced. And what I mean by that is like, you know, my libido, my drive, um, and my performance in the gym too started to improve once I, you know, found those numbers of, okay, my protein, I can increase by 20 grams, my carbohydrates, I, I can in, in, increase by 30 to 40 grams and still stay in a ketogenic state. And that's why it's so individual for people. And I didn't realize that until I, I started testing myself and experimenting. And, um, and that's why it's important to switch it up. So I eat more of a higher protein, you know, uh, moderate carbohydrate form of keto now. And that's what works for me because I've been doing it for so long. And, uh, you know, with my activity level in the gym and, and my body composition, that's what works best for me. Oh, that's awesome. Drew, I know I, I know I need to let you go. But I just want to ask one more thing. When you brought up the hormones, it made me think about women and keto, and you do have some information. Uh, what do women need to look out for? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm a big fan of testing in general, finding out um, where you're at first, like your baseline before you jump into keto. And obviously talk to your doctor. Talk to your doctor about the ketogenic diet, uh, the ketogenic diet but make sure that your doctor is is aware or has knowledge of what keto is instead of kind of feeling biased. You'll find some doctors are biased towards a low-fat type of diet, and that's the only way to fix women. Uh, but the book is designed for women in mind. All the meal plans um, are designed for women, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, hormone optimization is something that's very individual. I would love to say keto will fix it all. It doesn't work for everyone, but there's so many success stories and anecdotal evidence of how keto can help with your healthy testosterone levels, estrogen levels, your thyroid, um, things like PCOS. Uh, Keto has been shown to be great because of adding in healthy fats finally. Um, Some women need those healthy fats for for proper hormone uh, production. So we've gone so low fat for so long, it really has messed up some people's hormones. And so it's going to take a while to rebalance out those hormones as you start adding in healthy fat. So be patient with your body and definitely, like I said, talk to your doctor um, and those things will, will, and get tested as well to know what your baseline is and then test it again in three months of doing keto and see where your levels are. Yeah. And also so many doctors don't know squat about nutrition and I've interviewed hundreds and they'll tell you that. And then you have the ones that really go the extra mile and learn it on their own. And there's more and more doctors that you find that I've found that have kind of gone with the paradigm shift, thank goodness, about saturated fat and other things. So you don't, you know, if your doctor's like, oh, keto, bleh, I would look for another doctor, yeah. don't you think? Because otherwise they just yeah. don't know. And there's that, that bias that's just so ingrained about saturated fat being bad, bad, bad. And you don't want to be dissuaded if by someone who might know yeah. other things, right? They're doctor, but they don't yeah. know that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I think it's it's how you approach your doctor versus like, you know, challenging them and their knowledge and say, hey, I read this online. You know, doctors don't have the time always to research what's the latest out there. But yeah, find a doctor that's at least willing to look into it for you and, and look at the science unbiased, in, in my opinion, that would help Definitely. out. Definitely. Drew, I could keep you here all day. I 
I want you to come back soon. We always have such a good time and I learned so much. This book is incredible. I mean, this is the one book you need on keto. That's why it's called Complete Keto, A Guide to Transforming Your Body and Your Mind for Life. Drew Manny, New York Times bestselling author of Fit to Fat to Fit. Drew, tell everybody how they can find you and your wonderful podcast, which I'm honored because I'm going to be on soon. And I yes, can't I'm super excited about that. I'm super excited about that. <laughs> Yeah, people can find me at Fit to Fat to Fit. It's all my, you know, it's my website, it's my book, it's my podcast, just Fit Number Two, Fat Number Two Fit. You'll be able to find all my social media handles as well Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And uh, I'll try and keep you guys entertained. Well, you, you're you amazing, Drew. Thank you so much. And people, you can learn more about Talk Healthy Today. You can find it on my site. It's yourhealthatlisadavis.com. It's on Google Play, iHeart, Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, and other places where you find your podcast. Also, please rate, review, subscribe, spread the word. And you can follow me on Twitter where I'm most active, healthmediagal1, the number one, not O-N-E. I want to thank everyone for listening. Thanks so much.